church boys. Well, Bill, we're back. Billy? We're, what? Could could you hear the stinger play? Yeah, I started talking as soon as it finished. Luke, did it sound to you like he started talking as soon as it finished? Kind of did. Okay. Well, then never mind. You're so old, your ears are going now. This is <laughs> My ears are on a delay. <laughs> Once I actually had it. Go ahead. I think you'll you'll notice in the playback that there's a, a fair amount of space between the no, stinger I mean, and I heard the, the dul- and then I started talking. All right. This Go is ahead. what happens. Well, Am you I are, allowed you to are talk across now? the country. It does take a while for it to get through the tubes all the way to you. I mean, <laughs> the, the tin cans, you mean? Um, well, we I had something I wanted to launch into. Am I allowed to talk about the Karens? You're yes. you know, Chris, you're kind of a Karen. <laughs> Like I feel like I'm the least like caring person around. Both. <laughs> oh no! I feel like so this is how we're gonna start today. Were, That's fine. You're like the male Karen. I am not a male Karen. But what is the name for a male Karen? Do we have a name? I don't know. I feel like I will Alfred. Google it while you're. Uh, I'll see if it's a thing. <laughs> Alfred. It has to be a thing. Either way, you two fit the bill of a Karen, and everybody knows a Karen. How would you guys define? I want to start with you, Lucas. How would you define a Karen? Like if I said, define Karen for me. A he's male boy, version of a Karen is an Ian. An Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I just said shy tea come out of my nose. That's, um, <laughs> that's an Ian. Also, I think Richard is also used. So that's Richard. according to that's according Richard. to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> oh my gosh is this karen thing actually legitimately offensive to anyone outside of i know some wonderful karens so i mean i'm sure there's some people named karen that find it offensive but they i mean it's out there now well right? they can join the debbies and being upset about you know, the debbie downers <laughs> so but um, the funny thing about karen you know where it comes from right i mean it's a, no. it's a kate it's gosselin i don't know it's I actually kate got gosselin is looks it actually like karen. has a racial background it's about really it's something that a that a minority lady, particularly a black lady, would say to a white woman that doesn't mind her business. Well, I have to tell you these Karen stories. I love it. I mean, they are women it. who do not mind their business. I love it. I love Karen. <laughs> I love Karen's. And it's what a great name because it's not really offensive. Wait, have you guys seen the meme, the can I talk to a manager haircut? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my exactly. favorite um but i feel like you two would have that haircut if you were women that's yeah. the point point. and so chris has collected because i feel like all chris does all day is deal with editing work of other people and looking for karen videos that's oh. i'm pretty sure that's what he's paid to do 100 percent. i've only 100 i only i've only pulled two karen tapes there are but, so many all right but karen what's our first karen video but so today? but so what are your do you have a favorite karen story I mean, other than the two um, we're going to share today. Oh gosh, what is my favorite? And how Karen long have story? you been using the name, the word Karen? What did you think when you first? Because I think it is Lucas. I, you too. What do you, I think it's hysterical. Do you have you heard <laughs> people say it's offensive? I haven't. I've never heard anybody say it's offensive, but I've never used it myself. I've never called somebody a Karen. Neither, <laughs> neither have I, I. I started. I've never called a specific person a Karen, but I started using the term to. <laughs> tease my wife about like a month and a half ago um and that my two so i do have favorite karen stories and they happen to be they they happen to be babylon b stories because i feel like they have nailed the karen mockery (laughs) and one of them was the facebook introduces karen reaction button and they 
they show you all the little faces, you know, the like and the smiley face. And then there's just an angry Karen face with the Karen haircut. Um, and I also love the de Blasio announces system for reporting social distancing violations. And the acronym is knowledgeable actors reporting edict noncompliance. Karen. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh! But the real life Karen stories are great too. Oh, they are fabulous. Did you see the Kevin James um, yes TikTok thing that he did? That that was good. Yeah, that was great. good. Mm. All right. So, so Chris, you have a you have, have a Karen. I have, video I have a couple audio. here. Do you want to go with graffiti Karen or driver's license Karen? <laughs> we have to start with driver's license. Karen. Okay, so this is from a story that I don't remember where I saw it, but I wrote it up for the Blaze, and I just entitled it. I just titled it. Um, Worked up Karen scolds mom for letting kids drive without driver's license or something like that. All right, so let me see if I can find it. Here you go. So, uh, and no, none of these, neither of these things are clipped. You're going to hear the volume change because sometimes the voices were really quiet. So I had to pull the volume up a little bit. So there's no clipping involved here. This is just, this is the real deal. Here you go. Here's, here is driver's license Karen. That's what the park is for. I never saw a car in here before. It's a it's a power wheel car. What doesn't bother me? What bothers me is you have a little kid in here that doesn't have a driver's license. He's just a little kid. You're not with him. It's not a real car. I was expecting you to say, "Ma'am, this is a not a real car." Well, it's yeah. So this 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 broad. I'm sorry. This Karen comes walking around the. We are gonna get canceled. This Karen comes walking around the corner, and these three little kids are in this little... You know those Power Wheels vehicles, right? Power, power, power wheels, power, power, we power have, wheels. Like, we have two of them at our house. That yeah, commercial really. was from 1837, by the way. <laughs> I don't think there was television <laughs> in 1837. <laughs> <sighs> so disappointing. So anyway, so these kids are driving around there, and she comes waddling around the corner... And she's pointing at these kids, wondering why. I've never seen a car. <laughs> I've never seen a car driving around in the park before. And this mom goes, "My favorite Dude, it's part like, is it's not a real car. It's not it's a real not a car, car ma'am." So that's the. Hey, let's, I also go ahead. I also figured out why Chris wears a hat all the time. I think he has a Karen haircut on underneath. <laughs> underneath no, it's because I always have hat head. So I leave it on. Oh my gosh. Oh. A Karen haircut. Well, I mean, who, here's the thing. And I want to just admit this because I'm calling you two Karens, but my wife and I were just talking about this today. I look out the window like Gladys Kravitz all day long and I'm like, oh, what's that neighbor doing? Oh, why is the neighbor doing that? We have new neighbors who just moved in. I can't believe they haven't moved in here yet. Oh, why are there contractors there? They already fixed that house up with the other people who live there. All day long, I'm doing this. So I am effectively a Karen and I'm you well are, aware of it. You are way more a Karen than I ever oh, could Billy's, dream to be. Oh, yeah. Billy is definitely the most Karen of everybody here. And I imagine. But what about the birds, though, Lucas? Let's talk about the birds and that and that gawking that goes on. Me You're... enjoying watching birds is not the same as being a Karen. It might be worse. <laughs> I actually here. I'm, give me one second here. Of course, you can. Uh... All of its windows. No wonder he watches birds all the time. <laughs> I didn't he realize trans... you lived in a glass he has, house. He has a transparent <laughs> house. You don't throw stones, do you? That we don't throw stones, at All least right. in this room. All right. So this is, uh, yeah, we're in the little three seat. I, I got a squirrel on the bird feeder right now. If I get anything good, <laughs> I will flip the camera around and let you see it. 
Well, I got a raccoon brewing out there. I just saw it walk by, and I'm not comfortable uh, with it. I'm not going to lie. I, We've had, got a... I had one last night, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, little trash panda. I just terrible. peer at you from the sewer. It's the worst. That's weird. So, but yeah. you know, you know, it's we really so what we've been dealing with lately. So, you've got lovely birds all around your house. I've got jerk bird, right? Is jerk bird still there? No, he hasn't. I haven't seen him in a week or two. So, must have gone off and laid eggs somewhere else. And then Billy's got raccoons, and raccoons are trash pandas. They're terrible. We've had raccoons before. They they get in the garbage, but. They're also aggressive. They can, they can be, be yeah, aggressive. absolutely. Yeah, we've been dealing lately with um, skunks and snakes. So that's mm. what we. So I like, like snakes. Like every once in a while, we'll Ooh. we'll just what is that smell? And I think that back in the back corner of the yard by the fence, underneath the black caps, is a I think a skunk is living there, and we can't shoo it out. Like it's not there during also, the day. Also inside your house, it's, it's, <laughs> it's also there. <laughs> But then the other thing, oh so my, my wife went for a run this morning, and she said, I, and she texted me during a run. She goes, you should have seen the snake I almost stepped on. She said, I wish. Oh, no. Yeah, do you have Well, yeah, we have poison, okay. but this one wasn't. It was just a you know a garter snake. Okay. But no, what she freaked What kind of poisonous out. snake do you have in Mostly rattles, rattlesnakes, lots of rattlesnakes. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm not interested in you that. You should send some of those to Seattle. Oh my gosh! Probably plenty of those over there. Uh, America's paradise, right? But now. I imagine I imagine um, Billy being a Karen, and and, and here's oh, why. Oh, totally. It, despite despite his Italian blood, I believe that Billy does not follow the motto of "snitches get stitches." I believe he is the biggest snitch on the planet. I think I mean, that you if got you, in, that you if gotta you li- weigh the odds, if you lived in New York City, that you would be an informant for the mob. I mean, for the cops like that. I mean, it would be. It would. They'd, they'd come to you and say, "Billy, we know something." I'll turn. I'll turn immediately. I mean, I got a sense of justice. What can I say? But I need to know what my neighbors are doing. And all day long, I'm I'm looking out to see, and I always have to know whose house is for sale, how much they got for it. Um, you know, I'm I'm pretty much, and I don't miss a board meeting. In fact, we're having our first board meeting on Monday for the HOA. But I have to tell you, the most exciting thing: everybody's already bitter and angry at these board meetings. Everyone's been locked up for three months and now you got to wear a face mask so i am ready for that i cannot wait to go it's going to be better than you're a member of the hoa yeah you have to be to live here no no no, i mean like you're on the board no i just pretend i am i show up to every meeting and i sit and i say things as though i am on the board i am the i'm the karen of the hoa meeting you're an ian he's an ian well, I want to tell you, can I just a brief story about my favorite HOA story so far? It's very brief. There was an issue. Of, you didn't even tell me I could, but I'm going to tell it anyway. There was an issue a couple years ago where people were parking and not moving their cars. We have a driveway, but not everybody has a driveway. Some people have parking spots, and then there's guest parking. You're only supposed to be in the guest parking for like 24 hours, 48 hours or something. So when there's bad snow, though, people leave their car because there's nowhere else to put it, right, if you don't have a driveway. Long story short, there was a man in the neighborhood who was upset with some friends of ours whose car, their car had not moved in like a month and a half. But there were plenty of other spots at this point. And he started putting sticks behind the tires of their car to measure whether or not the car. Now, you talk about a Karen, whether or not the car had moved. And then he showed up at the board meeting to announce that he had been placing sticks and they had not moved behind the back tires of the car. So this is the kind of stuff that gives me joy. This is what I show up to meetings for. Um, and, of I, course, I, I went and told my friends. stand that stuff. <laughs> like, like We me specifically either. moved in this neighborhood because there is no... 
homeowner association like it's one of the it's it's one of the few neighborhoods that was it was made before there was like a neighborhood covenant and so they never established anything so i think i can do whatever i want here it's pretty awesome well i will tell you i keep information in my vault so that when somebody tells me i can't do something i will bring up something that somebody on the board might have that they might maybe shouldn't have so th this is i negotiate i keep my negotiating i hope nobody from the board is listening to this but if you are i know your secrets so <laughs> all right anyway what was the second karen video well, the, the other karen is um oh with the graffiti do you remember this do you remember that story billy that people doing an act of goodwill yeah these who people were who are showing, who were showing, yes they were showing kindness it was it was a it was a week or so ago and these these three young ladies i think college age are out scrubbing the side of a, one of the federal government buildings and it's got it has blm written on it and just the initials blm in, in red spray paint and they're out there scrubbing the building just trying to trying to clean it up doing a doing a good deed right and they get approached by a karen so here we go here she comes she's looking at her window of her car why are you guys removing black Lives matters graffiti we're just trying to take care of yeah we tried over there and it wasn't coming off it's still one of those coming off but why do you want that to come off? Well, I don't. This is a federal building. Yeah, it's just a vandalism. But so you don't care about Black Lives, then? Not at all. That's not at we, all. We, we do, That's what this. We certainly do care about Black Lives. Not enough to leave up a message. No, you don't disagree with the message, ma'am. It's just on the building. We're just trying to clean it. Great. <laughs> not not a great way to use your white privilege, ladies. Not a great. That's disgusting. This woman is sitting in her car. She can't get bo be bothered to get out of her car. She just pulls up and stops in the middle of the road in Washington, D.C., mind you, and lectures these do-gooders from her car window. And then what does she do? She draws the connection between them doing a good deed of cleaning up graffiti and you must not care about black people. I <laughs> That's disgusting. I That's my favorite part. <laughs> I, that stuff makes me so crazy. I just can't handle it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just can't. First of all, they have the gall to stop, first of all. But then to conclude with that's disgusting, disgusting when they're literally doing an act of goodwill when something was, I don't care what the message is. It could have a Bible verse on it. You graffitied on a federal building <laughs> and people are taking it off. It's not. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Property that's not your own. You're not allowed to paint on. So that's kind of a rule. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, that obviously that's a whole nother conversation, but like that, that's like the talking point, like for everything is, mm -hmm. well, you don't care, you know? So it's, it is, I can't, Karen, Karen, just go home. And, and, the, and, and, and social media is full of Karens, right? But and because the point you made, uh, Lucas, Mar and, and that is if, if, if I don't, if I don't have an active post or a fresh post talking about how important it is to understand race relations, I must not care. It's like, maybe I just don't friggin' like Facebook. Maybe it's... Or, I mean, like, think about how many causes there are. So, right. like, how many, how many causes can you actually be able to deal with at one time? And, you know, you have people, I mean, that are focused on other things in life, and that doesn't mean that this isn't important, but it means that they have a life mission in a different area and they're focused on something. And so we have we have a real problem when we force people to have our cause be their cause, mm -hmm. you know, and and then we judge them because they're not as they don't see our cause as much, 
you know, as or or we you know we don't see their cause as much as 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 they think we should or something like that. You know, I mean, and and the whole other thing that there's a difference between supporting Black Lives and supporting Black Lives Matters, right? Which in terms is, of if, the organization, in terms, in terms of the of organization, the organization right. yes. Thank you for clarifying that. Uh, yeah. We would have gotten some emails from Karen over that one. <laughs> um, but, right, there but, are two totally different things. Everybody yes. agrees with the hat. And we even talked about this last week. You shouldn't be going out and say, and writing all lives matter every time somebody says black lives matter. Exactly. But the organization is a separate thing from the sentiment of and the hashtag. It's and it. I think it's coming out more and more like the nature of the organization. And, you know, look, there's people that support that. And if they want to support that, they the, I support their freedom to be able to support that. Right. But um, as far as the organization goes, but to conclude that just because you're not donating to a certain organization or, you know, propping up a certain organization that therefore you are, you know, racist, that's a Karen thing to say. Right. Exactly. So I want to get into this deeper. Should we run the show intro here and like yeah, actually should. start the show the we proper should. way or so should we just continue to should, blither? I think we should probably blither and then no, we should get into the show. <laughs> We'll start the show and then we'll come back and talk about whatever you two ladies want to talk about. We can talk about. Well, Seattle. I think we should continue we talk talking about, about this because I, okay. I think there's some things here we need to unpack. And I love, I Billy, I just, I have to tell you that I appreciate the fact that you pulled an old man. You made an old man move when you said Gladys Kravitz. You even know who Gladys Kravitz is? Oh my gosh! I loved. I actually know all the old shows. You want to talk about? I'd make old people jokes, but I know all those old shows. Even you. though my parents were younger, they watched those shows. Gladys was great peeking through her curtains and bewitched. Oh yeah, yeah. bewitched. There you go. All right, so did you you probably you're very Christian, Lucas. Did you know about bewitched? Were you You know, I was more of an I dream of genie kind of guy. Oh, well, she's a little sexy. And, and so uh I didn't I watched Bewitched some, but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't my favorite. Yeah, my kids are my kids actually watch the old shows and they love I dream of genie, but they're not they're They're, they're still on here. Bewitched. Yeah, yeah, we I mean, I, those two are on every day. So yeah. I we don't get TV like regular TV, but when I turn on the TV in order to jump over to Netflix, that's like the only station. It's like I swear Bewitched and I dream of genie are on like repeat. Yeah, I love it. All right. <laughs> Do well, you watch Bewitched, Chris, still? I, no. No, I don't. Okay. I watched them in the right. first runs. That's what start, you're supposed to. I was expecting you to say you watched them in the. <laughs> okay, Gladys. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello! From the sublime to the ridiculous, but mostly ridiculous. Billy Hollowell. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? It's not what he said, you ignorant wretch. Chris Field. Bad guy in little coat. Let me tell you why I suck. Lucas Miles. I want you to forget what you saw here today. Aw, I've interrupted happy time. The Church Boys. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I hate these guys. So, Billy, where did we leave off? You wanted to talk about, you said, let's keep talking about something. And I can't remember, was it spying on neighbors or whatever it was you wanted to? Well, I mean, there's so much we need to talk about. But I, I think the whole cancel culture thing, yeah. right? I mean, and not just the cancel culture thing, but, you know, Lucas, you were speaking to people not speaking up on social media and, you know, not saying things and the assumption that people don't care. And this has happened to me a lot in the past on other issues if I talk about pro-life things and not other things. But I do think right now things are actually – and this is my – and I want you guys to push back if you disagree. Things are so uncivil and negative and hateful and crazy right now in life and on social media that I think there are a lot of people who are actually being quiet and retreating a little bit from social media because 
Yeah. Not everybody, but because it's so hard to speak anything at all right now. Right. I agree. I blocked like five people this week. And, <laughs> and that's they, not like you. No, it's not. I, it's, it's really not. I've actually gone out of my way to not block people. But when you're coming to an issue like this and I mean, it, it is it, it's a concerted effort by the left, in my opinion, that seems to it. I mean, it, it just seems to be this phenomenon where there's just targeting exactly like that video we played, trying to then kind of deduce and insinuate publicly that because this you must be this. And and, uh, you know, and you got I mean, you got businesses, relationships and all these things on your social media like they're not they don't have the time to really see every single thing you say. And, you know, the 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 moment you even have to defend yourself that you're not a racist, you've already lost right. the conversation. Right. And so I don't need to defend that, you know. And, and so it's it's, it, you know, the people that kind of move to that direction. I mean, and I, I just pulled up the Black Lives Matters website. Uh, for the organization and the uh, let's see here. So you go to the about page. What do we believe? And, you know, I'm just going to hit some highlights here. And I'd encourage anybody who's, you know, listening to the program to check this out. And, you know, you know, several of these things, it, all of us would agree with, you know, that that we are very much, you know, I mean, the, I don't know a person alive that wants to see harm, you know, befall anybody that doesn't want equality, that doesn't want you know, to make sure that, you know, uh, um, uh, to, to rid, you know, uh, the world of pol police brutality. I mean, every, the whole country is in agreement on these things, which is why the arguments and the fighting that's happening is so crazy. But right off the bat on the top of their page, it has a big defund the police, mm -hmm. which that's a whole separate conversation than reforms. And then it goes in and, you know, they say things like, um, you know, to uh, let's see here. Uh, we we make space for transgender brothers and sisters. Um, we are guided by the fact that all Black Lives Matter, regardless of actual or perceived sexual identity, gender identity, gender expression. And it's like here's this this site you're expecting to be a support of, um, you know, equality for um, for the African American community, and it's a transgender, you know, messaging below the surface. It's it's like, you know, it it it's it to me it feels deceptive. In terms of how they're raising money, what they're raising money for, and yes, it's on their page, but the majority of people, you know, that are donating, that are that are getting behind this, I don't believe know what they're actually supporting. Well, and they also so they they did a fundraiser, and it was like a two day fundraiser, and they raised tens of millions of dollars in like forty eight hours, right? Yeah. But all that money went to Act Blue. It didn't go straight to BLM. It went to Act Blue, which is a liberal Democrat liberal organization. And if the funds aren't specifically laid out where those are where those are supposed to go, Act Blue can spend them spend that money on anything. So who knows where that the tens of millions of dollars raised in that BLM fundraiser actually is going? And nobody, no, people don't know. And that's a great point. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know. You look you look at all of this, and I look at the other side of we we really have. And I don't know when I've been when I was looking at these issues a few years ago of free speech and the concern over college campuses and all these things that conservatives have been talking about forever. When you start to look at what's happening now, it's almost as though the threat to free speech is on steroids. It's not even just about speech anymore. Yeah, we're canceling everybody. And listen, if you've sent negative tweets or you've said bad things, 
you need you need to be accountable for it and say yourself. But but this effort is to shut people down and to not allow people with divergent viewpoints to be present. And then you're looking at companies like Lego pulling their, you know, police sets. Allegedly, you've got, you know, reports of all these companies. I mean, there's one there, there's one set of, of, I guess, perspectives and stances you could take where it's like I'm actually doing something proactive to help. And then there's another where you're just like, what's going like, what is going on here? And so it feels like and here's why this all concerns me. It's not just a free speech issue. You actually have a real conversation that needs to happen in this country around race, which we were talking about last week. And when all of this happens, it can cloud the need and ability rather to actually have that conversation because we're not doing that. We're then focusing on all these other things. And that that's just a side concern that I have with all this. Well, I think you, you brought up a couple good points in there. I think all of them worth discussing. One is uh, the cancel culture issue. One is yep. you're not allowed to say, and, and that's the digging up old stuff, not just the, the recent stuff, but digging up old stuff. I think that's something we should talk about if we can, in, in, down the road here in the show. The other is you, the same things you're saying right now that people are getting mad at you. You're, you're saying this, that means you don't care like the Karen did in the graffiti video. And then the other thing is you're being, people are being ripped up for the things that they have not said. You're not willing to come out and make this exact stance, exactly. Right? And yeah. it's what, and it's a phrase that Eric Erickson coined, and it's like, "You will be made to care, you will be made to care," and and that's what's that's what we're seeing in our society now is like, you won't you won't come out on Facebook and declare that you love transgender rights, you won't come out on Facebook and declare Black Lives Matter, you won't come out on Facebook and declare whatever the 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 the, the social issue of the left of the day is. Then you must not care, and obviously you need to be you need to be tortured and tormented and kicked off social media because you won't say it. It's not that you it's not that you said something they disagreed with it. It's that you wouldn't you wouldn't tout the party line, and that's what it is. That's exactly the way that the Communist Party worked during the 1930s, exactly. 40s, and 50s. If you will not toe the party line, not just you're not going to fight against it, but you have to go out there and actually advocate for these things, you will be dealt with. And that's what I mean, that's what we're seeing today. And I think you're seeing these companies, you know, where some of them are, you know, they have a they have philosophical <laughs> um, belief that aligns, you know, with that thought. And then others, you know, are are just scared of what happens to them economically if they don't say something. So they have to come out and then support. I mean, I'm getting emails about Black Lives Matter as an organization the way I was getting covid emails, you know, a month and a half ago. Yep. And I mean, every organization now feels like we have to say this. We have to say this thing. This is what you do now. And so, you know, there, there's it's this just group think. And again, none of I mean, none of our conversation today has anything to do with race, has anything to do with, you know, equality for, you know, uh, for people of diverse backgrounds or anything. This is a whole separate conversation about freedom, about free speech. <clears throat> and, you know, the I mean, one of the things on the, the Black Lives Matters page, it says, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other's extended family, families and villages. And it goes on and it mentions mothers, parents and children. It every Ignored. single time it has the opportunity, it never mentions fathers. Right. And I would argue that part <laughs> of the problem that we have today in uh, you know, within certain communities and we could say, you know, this is this is not a this is not a surprise to people there statistically there are more african-american families 
that are without fathers. Yep. And so, you know, here we have the, the Western prescribed nuclear family has already been disrupted for years. And so we don't need to disrupt it any further. We need to restore it, right. you know, but to go and, and, you know, that, I mean, so all of this is just for the purpose of dismantling society as we know it. Yep, absolutely. And when Marcus well, was and clear about is... that last week too, right? He's like, yeah. it's, it's it's a family thing. And, and the, the absolutely, and you and I, the three of us would say, the white people, we have to own the things that, the things that we can change, the things that we need to work on. We got to own those things. And he would say, and the, and the black community needs to own the things that they're responsible, things that they can change. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that, what at the core of this, right, is you have groups that have viewpoints and they have every right to have them and they're trying to advance them. But the the problem with free speech is that when your goal is to go out and erode everybody else's free speech and prevent it and stop it for the sake of protecting and bolstering your own free speech, you're actually putting your own free speech in danger because at the end of the day, great, you're on top right now. There are lots of Christians in this country or people who call themselves Christian who were on top just a few decades ago, or they were at least more on top than they are now. And here we are looking at this situation. It's it's a it's really a lie to walk around and say that you're progressive and open and liberal and that you care about other viewpoints and that you want everybody to embrace and accept everyone when you're not willing to do that with people who don't agree with you ideologically. So this is a massive, massive problem. And the reason it matters that you know, the left owns so much of Hollywood and so much of media and so much of universities isn't because people want to sit here and whine. It's because when people have different viewpoints on a variety of issues, right, on a, on a variety, there are so many issues out there. When people have traditional viewpoints, those viewpoints are suddenly eroded, ignored, disregarded, and then labeled hateful. And those people are dismissed by the people claiming they're open and caring and loving. And that's I'm ranting, but that is something that is really bothersome to me. The and, most bothersome. And if, it, if this were not if this were not a Christian show. Someone here would probably say karma is a, and you can fill in the blank, right? Because karma is a Karen. Karma is a Karen. (laughs) Perfect. Son of a Karen. Because Christians miss, there were people walking around in the name of Christianity misusing and mistreating people, just like because human beings do that. Doesn't matter who you are. So this is not me whining and saying, but it, but it is me saying. Okay, but if that's already happened once before, the pendulum has shifted. What have we not learned here? Um, and I think this is I think this is a whole other level of, you know, shutting down other perspectives. Right. And you're seeing, listen, cops need to be we need reform. We need to look at what's happening. I'm fine with looking at budgets to say, hey, are there reasonable places sure. that we could make yep. cuts and move money to better places? And but I want to say this and this will probably get me in trouble, but it is fascinating to watch the left advocate cuts for the first time I've ever seen. It's always Spend more money, you know. It's not actual um, cuts. And here we are talking about cuts. Let's make cuts. They're not, but they're well, not talking great, about cuts. They're not make... talking about cuts. They're talking about cutting funding from this program and shifting it over to this program. Not about yes, saving yeah, money. It's not saving money. It's, it's about, nothing fiscally gonna, responsible. Right. We want to cut ten million from this police department in order to put it toward this fund that was specifically designed to sure. impact only one small segment of society. Which is in itself military has a is one area they overtone. have in fairness. Military, military. You've they've often talked about shifting same thing. Military money towards your national defense budget towards other things. But listen, I'm not opposed. If there is a better way for police to police, we should figure that out. But why are we not talking about assessing it and 
there's no way that in two weeks we we know all the where the cuts need to be. There's no way we know that. I'm sorry. There's absolutely no way. So the and and there are communities who are talking about cutting the police entirely and rebuilding. From well, scratch. We, so, we just had a vote here. Uh, it was already on the table, and so my new office is across from the county city building where the mayor's office is and everything else, and and also across from the Democratic headquarters. So probably get in trouble uh, for that as well. But um, the you know so I'm there. We just moved in. Been there a week. And on Monday of this week, our you know basically our first day in, the um, we were told, hey, you probably want to go home early because there's a protest you know happening right outside of the building today, and it ended up not being very large. I don't think it had you know huge support, but there was there was some numbers there, and everything seemed to be peaceful. Everything else, but while they're protesting, whether, and it wasn't a total defund of the police, it was whether or not they're the, going to give a pay raise. Uh, about a month ago, everybody on our mostly democratic you know uh city council was for the pay raise for police officers now everybody except for one person decided to table it and so they just kicked it down field longer well while everybody's out there protesting this weekend that there were 300 shots fired in south bend indiana you know on the west side of town um and we had you know uh i i, I think it was something i don't remember how many i think there was there was five people shot, something like that. Oh. And, and you know, I mean, it's just so crazy that we're cheering this. And then, you know, we're seeing these videos of people getting beaten in the streets and all these different things that are happening. Like, man, if you ask me, like, I'll give I, I used to always pass when the people would call me for the fundraisers for the uh, state trooper societies mm -hmm. and everything else. But I, I can't wait for to get those phone calls now. <laughs> so how, how big is South Bend? Uh, we are about... You know, we have about 500,000 people in our county, which, you know, South Bend's kind of the county seat of it. But it's about, <laughs> I would say, maybe 120,000, something like that. size, yeah. I mean, you just you want to see people come. I, I don't think it's crazy to say it's time to make some reforms to maybe how we do things. It's time to we should always be doing that. The problem with government is that it, government doesn't do that enough. And the police department is part of that, right? Every department, every one of these departments, we should be looking at to say, how can we be better? And I think there are legitimate grievances, but to go in and say that your goal is just to divert this, this funding, or in the case of Minneapolis, just say goodbye to the police and come up with a whole new system. That is not, right. which by the way, they and, don't and have and the power to do. Did you read that story? The, say that again. Have, what, the, 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 so the, the Minnesota, the, the Minneapolis, uh, sort of city council, whoever who voted to get rid of the defund the police department, get rid of the police department, actually doesn't have the authority to do the things that they claim to do. Now, the, the, the mayor has to support it. And in order to change things, there has to be a unanimous vote to change city ordinance. So it has to be 13 to nothing. And then it has to go before the people. So they like it was all symbolic. They don't really. Oh, wow. Those things. And anyway, the mayor, the mayor has been supportive so far, has he? Yeah. No, not no. on the no, not no. on the defending on the, the police, defund the police right. issue. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, the other thing that frustrates I mean, me, yeah. the, the thing that frustrates me too, is like the 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 history revision. You know that mm -hmm. happens. I, I watched the clip of, you know, the people throwing the rope around the Christopher Columbus statue and pulling it down. And, you know, I, I was I was talking to uh, I was actually talking to Chrissy about this earlier today. You know, let's say you know think about it this way. Let's say you had a a, a generation of you know. Um, multiple generations of fathers that were alcoholics and beat their children. But 
But let's say that your father, who was this third generation of an alcoholic dad who beat his kids and passed this kind of on, he had a revelation, you know, when you turned 18, that it was wrong. He sobered up. You know, he found the Lord or he found truth or however you want to describe that. And so you could look at that two ways. You could look back and say and focus on the negative and say, we just had this history of abuse and alcoholism in our family. Or you could look at that and go, you know what? We had a history of abuse and alcoholism in this family, and this was the generation that stopped it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like when we look back historically, like we we just <laughs> we fail to recognize, you know, we judge history with today's morals, which I think is always is always wrong. And and we look back and we fail to see like the evolution in thought that actually got the United States to the place where, you know, slavery was abolished. And and, you know, Chrissy and I've been she's been reading this Booker T. Washington book to me uh, at night and kind of just all these quotes, you know, Booker T. Washington in his book up from slavery. He says that within 30 years and he was a slave and was, you know, freed. Um, and, you know, he says within 30 years of the Emancipation Proclamation, he said, you you could not find one person in the South that believed that slavery should ever be allowed to continue or that would ever support an organization like the KKK. So here you have a slave that would became a freed man and was telling at that time period that there was that like it was gone. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was a done issue. And what people are missing is what brought us to where we are today is not our past of slavery because we overcame that. There was there was truth exposed freedom happened in this nation and it was the it was obviously it should have happened sooner it was a mistake by the founders to not do it sooner but you know it's it's what history you know it's a choice that history made but really the problem is traced back to the welfare system you know and and the socialism you know the socializing or uh, um socialism you know uh, aspects that came into american society you know in much more recent history that has brought us i believe to where we are today hmm. the and Along those history lines, I saw a, a, a piece, a post today from, uh, it was just a, a photo of these rioters in Philadelphia defacing a statue of Matthias Baldwin. Do you know who he was? He was, an, ab- he was an abolitionist. I was just going to say, wasn't he an abolitionist? And he pushed for the abol- abolition of slavery 30 years before it happened, and in the 1830s was pushing for the rights for blacks to vote in America. So what's the and so they're defacing this they're facing this statue in in Philadelphia during these protests because they don't know they just see a pic they see a statue of an old white guy right and they just figure well he must be bad and that's where <laughs> that's where things have devolved to but so okay so Billy you have and I I know we can't get into it today but one day you absolutely must tell your police story your what happened with you. have you heard this story Lucas I have. Okay, so I've told Lucas too. Yeah, you have to tell the story. Yes, I'm not going to do it today. I'm not going to do it today because, yeah. But I will tell it one day soon on the show. We'll have to tell it on the show. So, and I think I just well, what do you want? What's your point? What do you want? The reason reason I say that is what do you want, Karen? With your yeah, with your (laughs) background in your in your experience with with what you went through and seeing things from your perspective and being in New York. What are police reforms that you would say are good? Like, for instance, I don't, I find it amazing to me that people are crying to get rid of the police, get defund the police, get rid of the police. We've got these idiots up in Seattle who have taken over six blocks of Seattle on Capitol Hill in Seattle, and they have created this whatever the they call it the Chaz, right? The 
Capitol Hill autonomous zone. And right. They, and they, they're anti-cops. They've taken over the East Precinct. They took over City Hall. And There's they, armed guards right. there. And that now they're all set armed. Up. They have no police. And suddenly they've got this this guy who's like a warlord who's in, and they're going around saying we're the police now. Well, I thought you didn't want police, but see, this and is what happens. They're charging businesses in order to continue to operate. Right. It's like running the. It's like the mafia. And so we need to treat them like we would the mafia, and then we need to get them on tax evasion or mail fraud. So, but, but so what? I don't yeah. understand what we should be doing. My thought is, it's amazing to me, and I I know I've said this to you guys before. It's amazing to me that we have the same people who are advocating to defund the police are the same people who say people shouldn't have guns, right, to be able to protect themselves. That we shouldn't. So what would you say, Billy, is something that you'd like to see change with the police and how it operates and the, all of that stuff? You know, I don't know. One of the things that's complicated about police is that, and I know that we cringe as conservatives when you start to talk about, oh, we should centralize or we should. So I'm not going to say that. But I, what I would say is it's different in every city. It's different in every town and every village. So I can't speak for all of it. But I have often wondered useful professional development, right? Things that are actually, yeah, there are lots of jobs that send you to be trained, to go to classes, to do things, to learn. Life is complicated and it changes a lot. There's things that remain, you know, baseline and there's new things that happen. Technologies grow, they change. I do wonder, are we doing our best to make sure that police are equipped and on in an ongoing way to meet the needs of the job, not just in terms. So I would say a education. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying go to college. What I'm saying is as you're going through the job, learning that that you have professional development, every other career does it. Um, every other public service. I mean, teachers are in professional development nonstop. I'm not saying it has to be the same, but I do think some professional development every year is good. You have to get retrained on how to use your gun every year. You have to get recertified. Why are we not? But also. I mean, maybe if you're in in high stress areas, maybe there need to be more services for cops. Mm -hmm. I don't know what currently exists, but mental health services or screenings or I don't know. A lot happens in that job. One thing and then I'll stop rambling. But one thing I've thought about a lot the last five years is EMTs. Right. And first responders, which would include cops. You show up to a mass shooting. You show up to a horrible event. What impact does that have on you? We don't often talk about that. We talk about the people who were affected. These are people who are on the front lines of very difficult situations all the time. And are we really giving them the, the, the I guess, equipment and the knowledge and the emotional stability and maybe spiritual stability to get through those things in the way they need to? So I would say it's both education and also making sure people are, are healthy in an ongoing way in that job. Not that they're not, but clearly some people aren't, obviously, which from what we've seen. So well, I've, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. In fact, that reminds me of something that I heard, I think it was last week. Every once in a while, Whoopi Goldberg, Goldberg will surprise me, right? If she's, not, she's not a stupid person. No, she might be nuts, no. right? She's might, she might be crazy. She's a left winger, but she's not stupid. And I think that she actually is a thoughtful person. I think she. I think she honestly tries to be a thoughtful person. She put out a, a video last week. It's, you know, one just. A, well, she had a selfie and she was just recording a little video in her home, and she was talking about. You know, she first she said to the looters, "Knock it off." You know, it's stupid to be doing the things you're doing, which I thought was nice of her to throw in. But she's also talking about cops and about how people are kind of rising up and understanding we we have an issue here with a lot of the ways that that police. Not all police, certainly, and she was. She even said so. But the way that police can sometimes interact with people, and she. But she also she went on to say, and she speaking to the social services thing, Billy. 
She said, I can't imagine the stress that they are under. It has got to be a high stress thing. We need to be telling these cops they got to talk about it. And they need to talk about it yeah. with somebody and to, to remind them it's okay to talk about it. You're not less of a man if you go talk about it. You're not you're not you're not weaker. You're not you're not you're not vulnerable. I mean in a, in a negative way. It's it's important for you to be able to talk about these things and if you and, and if we can get them to talk about the stressful things that they're talking about with a health professional, with each other, with the community, with the public, that can change some things. And I, I and I thought that well, was Well, can good I note can that. I I wanted to add to that that, and this was something that I know Fox has covered it quite a bit. The suicide rate for cops is through the roof, and it's higher than I think any other career, I believe. And I know in 2020, in January, Fox had some stories on this. I know that in 2019, there were some studies on it. So suicide rate, divorce rate, you start to look at indicators of a high-stress career and the impact that it has on your life. And then you have to go back to those things. If you're in a neighborhood where there's a lot of violence, what impact does that have on cops? This is not about diminishing. It's about actually saying, well, maybe we don't need to be cutting their funding. Maybe we need to be moving funding around to figure out if we're serving the people we've asked to do this job enough. And listen, there are places in the country where it seems a little too easy to become a cop, maybe. So should it be not that you want huge bear, but should it be that you're making sure you have the right people on the job? I think 99% of the people on the job, 98% are the right people for the job, right? But anyway, I, it, there's a lot, but I think I don't think we're thinking about that enough either. And that's and it's not just and it's and uh, Lucas might have something he wants to throw in here on this, but I would say that it's not just in in how people interact with um with you know suspects or with the public. But it's also, are they good enough to be a pop in, the, in where they're going to actually be somebody who is beneficial to other people's safety rather than a detriment to their safety? I worked on Capitol Hill and the Capitol Hill police. There's a lot of really good ones. There's also a lot of cops there who shouldn't be there and who got their jobs because quota had to be filled. And I'm not I'm not racial quota, but feel like there are several, we, I, I would call them short round. You remember short round from... Uh, Indiana Jones, I, I like to take that name, but yep. apply it to short round people. And these, there were a few ladies that just, there was, they had no business being a cop because you'd walk around and you go, you know how easily somebody could just grab this person's gun? They have no way to stop me or to stop a bad guy from taking their gun. There's, they're, they're actually a detriment to the safety of the senators and the congressmen they're supposed to be protecting because there's no way that, You're they, a can terrible provide, person, that they can provide safety. But so you do have a Karen haircut. I don't have a Karen haircut. As opposed haircut. to tall round. I wish I had enough hair to have a Karen haircut. Then I would have one. But so <laughs> but I think that this I think that what you say, Billy, is is an, a very important thing. Before we even give them a badge, maybe we need to up our standards a little bit on who can be a cop both mentally and physically. Whether it's okay. You know, uh But 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 here here's the flip side of that. Like are we going to do that? Are we going to, I mean, you know, no pun intended. Are we going to start policing every, you know, sector of our, of our, you know, country economy? I mean, can we do this with Congress? Can we have, you know, can we have AOC take an IQ test before, you know, she, you know, she walks in? Like, I mean, I with think people that who, like people you, who are carrying guns and have the power to shoot me and I can't shoot back. Yes. Right. <laughs> that's where I would say that's, the difference. That's the difference. Is. That's where I would say the difference. And, and the power to literally kill you as we just saw happen and the power to lie about what's happened. I mean, let's 
let's look at, and we talked about this last week, I don't want to get back into Trump right now, but let's look at the narratives of things that we've seen. Oh, we didn't use, we didn't use this tool or, oh no, that person tripped and fell. And then the video comes out and it's not what was said. That's my concern is that people who have a lot of power, if they shouldn't have that power, we need to make sure they don't have it. Um, and so, but at the same time, I want to make sure we're not, we're not diminishing the vast majority of good people who are doing the right thing with that power. And, and, I, and that's I, my I, point. I, I mean, yeah. It, yeah. I think the vast majority of, of police officers that are out there are, you know, they signed up for a reason. They didn't sign up just because they wanted to be a tough guy and tackle people. You know, they're putting their life at risk doing their job. It's not like they're cage fighting and they just like the rush. You right. know, they're, they they have wives that they have to kiss goodbye when they leave at night, you know, wondering, am I going to see you again, you know, every single day of their job? And most of us don't think that way. And so I, I just think the numbers aren't there to support the current narrative that's out there, you know, for police brutality and everything else. It doesn't mean it doesn't exist. It doesn't mean there's not some issue. But I don't I don't believe that it's at the level anywhere near what is being described right now. Does that mean that there's still room for, you know, there's absolutely room for reforms, you know, and we need to look at that in certain departments, probably more than others. And, you know, you probably in the same way you have teachers that have been on the job for too long and just yeah. hate every kid that walks into their classroom. You know, we need to evaluate a system. But and I agree, once you give somebody a gun and say patrol the streets, it's not, you know, the consequences are higher than a teacher that's just disgruntled and yelling at a kid in a classroom. You know, so, of course, we have to, you know, we have to have better standards for that. But, you know, I think that 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 has to be done on a local level and, you know, or at least at a state level. And it can't just be because of mob demand and mob rule, you know, across the country in order to get us there. Yeah. But to Billy's, I would, to Billy's point, though, there has to be and maybe it's I think there has to be some testing, you know, making sure the person making sure that having standards and making sure people are living up. to Maybe the standards are good now, but making sure that people are actually living up to those standards. And they qualify. Both I don't mentally believe the and, standards and mentally are physical. good. I, I mean, think I the stand. Go ahead. Based on, I would say, I would say this. I don't know that they're good en enough. I would, my assumption based on my experience, which was years ago now, but and based on what I see, there are a lot of. I mean, I also actually firmly believe that cops shouldn't be able to walk around calling people pieces of garbage and cursing them out and talking to them like they are pieces of garbage. And I think the vast majority of cops don't do that, but some do. I think the actual behavior of a cop should match the responsibility, um, and that's kind of a separate thing. But I do think that that doesn't help in in communities when that sort of thing is going on. But I, my, I guess my main point is that we have enough evidence that there, are, if there's one percent of interactions with cops that lead to anything other than the truth and them upholding their responsibility, then it's worth having systems in place. And I think every state should be looking at that. This should not be a difficult thing to do. And it's not to punish cops. It's to make sure they're being served as well, because I have the study in front of me. In 2019, more cops died by suicide than in the line of duty. Hmm. That's crazy wow. to me. And wow. it and it points to something being off in I think it's the impact of the job that we right. just don't talk about. But listen, the abuses that I saw firsthand were incredible to me and nobody was ever held accountable to it for it, yeah. really. Um and so that to me and and this situation was a minor situation compared to these things. So if you can get away with that stuff, then there's something wrong in the system. Granted, 
I don't think we need an upheaval of the system. If that makes sense, but I th- and I what you know I would agree with I would agree with all of that, but I think whatever mm-hmm. sort of review board or uh, you know additional things are put in place, like they need to have, there needs to be people on there, at least the majority of people on there that have law inform- enforcement experience and a good record of law enforcement. You know, retired okay. you know retired cops, those things, because you know I I just think about you know whether it's you know as a pastor or a teacher or whatever. It's really easy to judge the occupation from the outside when you don't know kind of what goes on on a day-to-day basis and what they experience. Because there's a whole other narrative that we're never going to really hear effectively of what police go through on a day-to-day basis and how they're attacked, how they're judged, how they're insulted, all these sorts of things that happen. And so I think it takes, you know, finding those good people within the system to kind of come back and help mentor, uh, review you know, and, and, uh, you know, uh, enforce, you know, some of those things internally, um, perhaps better than, and and getting the out of kind of that good old boy network, you know, so it's not just, you know, Johnny down the street, you know, you know, uh, looking at his buddy and going, oh, you know, I think, I think he did fine, you know, take it to a, a, you know, have a different community review it of cops in a different, in a different city or down at, you know, at a state level or whatever, that's not attached to that local district. So that there's not, you know, that just that that good old boy kind of relationship that exists there. I agree. Yeah. Can can we pivot to one more thing before the show concludes today? Pivot. Well, it depends on what it it's is. It's something. Well, it's something we didn't talk about. We didn't discuss beforehand talking about. But it's something that I've been mesmerized by. And Lucas, being our resident fan oh. of President Trump, I wanted to ask. <clears throat> And we I, we don't even need to get into the tweet about the old man being knocked over because that was just oh. like parallel universe level. But we could I, I think and I would agree be- that that was I would not support that tweet. You know, I of don't think that, that should have happened. You know, everything else. But what's crazy, I've been saying for like like the last month, you know, the covid response was not that incredible from Trump and that the response to this has been eh. I mean, it has not been good. He's got a real opportunity to do something. I feel like he's done nothing. There's been more leadership in terms of presence, and we don't need to get into what we think about it. We can if we want. I'm not a fan of the way that Joe Biden holds himself, but I've seen more Joe Biden than I've seen Trump um, on these topics. And Gallup, which has had very – they've had Trump at 49 percent for three months approval. Trump is at 39 percent approval right now in the Gallup poll and has lost 19% essentially um, of his support allegedly over the past month. So I don't know what you guys think about that, but I'm not shocked by that. Neither am I. Doesn't surprise me. I think me he would lose the election if it were held today. I do too. I think that there's not he and and part of that is because it the key for uh, the key to me for a Trump win is to be out there being anti-Biden. Right? Because mm-hmm. the, the the base of his is as strong as it's going to be. He's got to get out there and and make Biden look worse than Biden even is. Right? And Biden already looks is making himself look bad. But Trump has to double down on that and push that and make it say, listen, this doddering fool cannot be president. Right. That's that's got to be that's going to be the key to him having success because his base, his base is is where it is. So I, I think. You know, I've been seeing, I think just and and this is, you know, no sort of official poll, but just in conversations that I've had, I've had a lot of people tell me that, hey, I didn't vote for Trump on the, you know, the first term, but I would vote for him now because they're they're recognizing that, look, there there aren't there aren't a lot of Trump supporters out creating chaos and anarchy in the country right now. 
it's right. supporters of Biden and Bernie, you know, that are doing that. I mean, this is this is this is where that, you know, uh, a lot of where that community is coming from. And so these guys could be, I think, direct, you know, addressing this a lot better. Uh, this is a perfect time for Biden to go, uh, you know, fly up to Seattle and take care of this thing and talk with the Democratic leadership up there and really show that he can bring order back to the country. And if he wants to actually have people take him seriously, you know, those are the kind of things that that I would be doing if I were in that position. Um, you know, I think that people are seeing that although, you know, again, everybody, even Trump supporters, Trump is Trump. You know, I the the policies where he's going, what he's trying to stand for. I mean, it's going to he's in a tough position. There's not an easy way to uh, to get things back to a, a state of calm. And and I think that there's just going to be a series of flare ups, you know, in different places. And, you know, the, the last thing that he needs is, you know, the the optics of of sending, you know, military into a U.S. city and, you know, shutting all this down. But, you know, there's going to come a point and that's what they want him to do. I mean, the left wants Trump to declare martial law because it, it feeds into the narrative yep. that he's, you know, this Hitler type dictator. Yep. And so they're creating as much problems as they can in order to try to force his hand so that they can go see, look what he did. And, you know, I think Trump used a lot of restraint in D.C. And, you know, but I isn't mean, the military apologizing for it, essentially? Am I wrong about that, Chris? Well, I, the, joint, I saw, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Milley came out, General Milley came out and said that he shouldn't have been a part of the photo op. He thought that they were going to go into the park and see what uh, National Guard was doing and some other things. He did not intend for it to be a photo op. He didn't know it was going to be a photo op over at the church is what he says. And he, part of the reason that that's believable, I believe him because that doesn't happen very often. Well, they don't also come out very because, often against. And they also know because of the schedule that he had, he was going to be going from there to somewhere else. That's why he had on his camo. And there were some other things going on. Normally, he would be wearing his dress blues to the White House, but he made a stop there at the request of the White House to be there. He and Asper, Secretary Asper. So, yeah, it was he got finagled into that, and I don't think he appreciated it. And he has come out and said, "Listen, that's and, and apologized for it. Said it's on me. I shouldn't have let it happen." But but is that a common thing for that to happen with a sitting no, president and no. military leaders? No, especially coming not, out. No, especially not your chairman of the Joint Chiefs. No, absolutely not. Right. So, so Mattis, that it seems to me there's a concern among people with military experience, extensive military experience, or currently <laughs> running the ship that Trump is not behaving in a proper way. So he's feeding. I mean, yeah. I think he's not helping himself. I guess my point is at every turn, the tweet with the old man, it's like, what are you, do you want to lose? Because what's crazy is Obama, if you were to look at 2012 before the 2012 election, Obama was at 46 percent. In June, June 13th, 2012, I'm looking at it right now, 46% approve, 48% disapprove. And we all thought he was going to lose potentially because he was, the, he was at the lowest. So Trump is at the lowest rate right now for any president, I believe, who is, who to be reelected. Um, he should be way beyond where he is. Maybe the unemployment numbers will help, but he needs to stop, rise up to the occasion and speak to the American people and not pull these antics anymore because I don't think they're helping him. Right. I want him to do that. I want him to rise up. I really do. Lucas wants me. Lucas literally wants me deported right now. <laughs> Look, I mean, you know, the. I mean, there's a million things I would change about about. But Trump, the, this is what people don't understand is that Trump isn't 
it's not just Trump. Trump is no long, Trump is now a thing. He's not even just a person. Not just you know, his hair you're talking about. You're yeah, not just his him. hair. You know, I mean, it's it is a, you know, and I mean, the the reality, like, I, I really believe I really believe that, you know, God has placed him where he is. And, you know, the I don't want to over spiritualize this. And enough people have already done that, you know, with him. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a sycophant, you know, when it comes to Trump. I see all sorts of things that that I think that. Um, you know, I'm going, man, why did you do that? I don't know about that. I wouldn't have done this. You know, I mean, I, I see that and I, I would imagine it's extremely difficult, uh, you know, working for him at times. Um, but I really believe that he has the best interest in the country at heart and I've not been in that position and I see the options that are out there right now. You know, if Nikki Haley were running against Trump, this would be a really easy decision for me. Um, but you know, we're in a position where we have a radical left and, you know, uh, I think a, a stabilized right with a leader that goes off the handle at times. And so as much as I like Trump, I believe in the values that those kind of, for lack of a better term, beneath him. Uh, and so, you know, I, I take a position, um, you know, David in the, in the old Testament, uh, you know, Saul tried to kill him. He threw a spear at him. He chased him down with an army. He did all sorts of stuff. But David's position was, I will not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. And, you know, I'm sure that there's all sorts of criticism could be thrown at that and everything else. But, you know, I no, just David I'm, just fell over, Lucas. David just <laughs> fell over. Nobody threw a spear at him. <laughs> just fell over. So so I so I have a question then so uh, about the military. And I think this is a this is something that that we've seen Mattis and, a, and another and a former Joint Chiefs of Staff wrote an article, I can't remember who it was, about the military. If Trump starts to order the military to go into Seattle and to take over, and it's like, listen, if you have to fire on people, you fire on people, what do they do? What, what, what do you think they do? I mean, are the military, uh, are they hesitant enough to go, listen, I'm not, I'm not pulling the trigger on fellow Americans. I mean, how, how, where, where do they stand on this kind of stuff? Anybody? It's I'm, tough... I'm waiting for. I'm, poor Lucas is on the is you know in the spot here. I, mean, I don't know. Let, let me. What's what would you do? I, I mean, I, that's, I, that's to, a good question. To, I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a military guy. You know, if 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 people on the streets here, of Seattle it, it, are armed and there's an armed insurrection coming against and and you're bringing in the military to quell things, saying, "Listen, we're not going to fire if we if we can help it, but if you have to, you have to." I mean, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yet. The military has a lot of options, first of all, at their disposal. And this I mean, it, it, when I look at situations like this, I always try to break it down to the like the smallest level. OK, what would somebody do if somebody took my house over, kicked me out and was inside of my house armed, saying that this is no longer Lucas's house. It's my house. Right. You know, and I would I think the police would show up, they would get on the megaphone and they would say, you have 10 seconds to get out. And assuming there weren't any hostages and there was nobody in danger, uh, they would start making a plan to breach and they would go in there and they would do they would do their best to not use lethal force. And, you know, whether that's flashbangs or gas or, you know, whatever, smoke, whatever it is in order to apprehend the person. So on an individual level. Um, that's how you'd handle it, you know, and you'd use the least amount of force necessary in order to stop the situation. But the moment you allow evil to 
continue. And I'm not just talking a different perspective. Nobody is for oh, just because you're just because you're a Democrat or just because you're a leftist or even just because you're a communist or or whatever. Uh, you know, we should do. I mean, that that gets into crazy talk. You know, this mm-hmm. is America, the land where all perspectives and uh, um, you know ideas are welcome. That's that's one of the things that makes us a great country. But the moment you start utilizing force in order to oppress other people. I believe that whether it's the police, the military, National Guard, whatever it is, has every right to be able to do something about it, which is why I stand behind. I mean, again, I don't know as the photo op is a good a good idea. I don't know as though not telling people, you know, what was happening there was the best idea. But the right to push people back when they are using force against the police, that is completely fair game in order to do that. And the fact that they did that without killing anybody in the process I think says something about how they handled it. And so, you know, I think the same procedures would be used. If, if they're not going to fire on until they get fired on first, yeah. but that's a really bad idea to fire on the Marines or something like that. Sure. You won't like how that turns out. Exactly. And, well, and the funny thing is Trump comes across as an authoritarian. I mean, and that's the, that's the, the um, reputation he was branded with by the left. That is, he's some because because a lot of his rhetoric was authoritarian style rhetoric. Like he he supports these these different strongmen around the world from governments that we're like this isn't these are not good people, and he would praise them and the things that they would do. That is a bad look. That doesn't mean I think that the, our president's going to do that, but I think it's a bad look. I think that that what happened, uh, you know, in Lafayette Square was. I, I understand your point. Uh, Lucas, but I think it, to me it was a bad look. The things he has said about, well, we'll have to send it. We'll, if you, if Inslee, if you don't get this straightened out, we'll have to send in the military and get this straightened out on our own. That's a bad look. It plays into the hands of you look like an authoritarian. I don't think that he is one. I think that he's. I think he's. I think he bloviates. I think we can all agree that he bloviates. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And that plays. And that plays into the perception of an authoritarian. But I don't know that he is. In fact, I think that somebody like a Tom Cotton, who writes the using the Insurrection Act you know, op-ed for the New York Times that was so controversial. I think that he's way more likely, way more likely to send in troops, you know, quickly to go deal and put down some sort of what he would call an insurrection, I think. But I, there are there's this perception about Trump that he plays into because he likes the idea of looking like a strong man without actually being a strong man that he plays into that causes people to go apoplectic about him and to assume and to assume that he is an authoritarian. Like, for instance, I, I pulled it up here. Um, Biden was on with with Trevor Noah, right, on Comedy Central. Did you see this little clip? And he, I didn't see it. And he was they were he was asked about, do you think that Trump will leave the White House if he loses in twenty twenty, or really, you know, refuse to leave? And Biden says something about, you know, if he refuses to leave, we'll call the military and they'll escort him. I have the clip here. Let's see if we can make it play here. Just a second. This president's going to try to steal this election. This is a guy who said that all mail-in ballots are fraudulent, direct, voting by mail, while he sits behind the desk in the Oval Office and writes his mail-in ballot to vote in the primary. And I was so damn proud. Here you have four chiefs of staff coming out and ripping the skin off of Trump. And you have so many rank-and-file military personnel saying, whoa, we're not a military state. This is not who we are. I promise you, I'm absolutely convinced they will escort him from the White House in a, in a, with great dispatch. So, do you have? Is how there did any- they get that? How did that animatronic corpse speak to us? That was really <laughs> without fascinating. Notes. I'm without kidding. note cards. So, but did you think? <clears throat> I, I have never been one, and I have never been. One, I didn't think that. 
I didn't think that when when Obama was running against Mitt Romney that if Mitt Romney would have won that Obama would refuse to leave. I didn't think that that Obama was going to refuse to leave when Trump took over. I didn't think any. I never thought that, and I don't certainly don't think that about Trump. I, I don't. How far gone do you have to be to believe that about a person? Listen, I know there are plenty of people on the right who thought the listen. The insanity, the anti-Trump insanity that goes on on the left, there was a lot of that anti-Obama insanity on the right just four and eight absolutely. years ago. Absolutely. He's the yep. antichrist and yeah, all absolutely. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah people um, said he was going to declare martial law and so he didn't have to leave the office and postpone the election. I mean, right. all those, those yep. were the same talking points. And They're all nuts. In fact, the right might have invented some of that stuff, oh, yeah. you know, during the previous, the previous, you know, terms. And so, you know, I mean, they're they're taking that playbook and, and, you know, look, I mean, this is part of the problem is we have such a polarization. I mean, in in reality, Democrats and Republicans shouldn't be this far off. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that we're this far off is the problem. And and, you know, I've never considered my and some people, you know, especially knowing that I've supported Trump would be surprised by this. I've never considered myself a Republican. I tend to vote right, but I think of myself as a centrist. Um, you know, I don't I don't necessarily like the 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 libertarian uh, uh, label, but, you know, I'm sure people could try to throw me into that camp as well. But, you know, I, I think that, again, we're coming down to what are the choices? You know, what are the choices that we have here? What is the left encouraging versus what is the right encouraging? And I don't just mean Biden or Trump, but looking at it holistically, because the, the power of the president is limited. And 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 Trump in office has shown that. You know, because if Trump was able to do everything that, you know, everybody was afraid that he could do, he would have done a lot more. But, you know, the fact of the matter is he's been stymied along the way. Why? Because the power of the executive branch is limited and it's limited for a good reason. It's how it's supposed to be. And so, um, you know, the I'm looking more not just at an election of two people, but I'm looking more at really what is going on in the greater party. And I am way more concerned about violence on the streets. you know, and and complete, uh, um, you know, this anarchist movement that's happening and more than I would ever worry about, you know, uh, tweets of a of a 70 year old man who I think is a pretty good manager of this country, despite the fact that he's not always great with his words. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. You know, you're yeah. dealing with And that's where when it comes down to how you're going to actually vote, I mean, it, it comes down to policy. At the end of the day, it's policy. Trump is a terrible example. I don't want my kids. I'd be embarrassed if my kids were old enough to see what he's sending and saying and doing. But yet his policies are much more in line with what people would want um, on on the right. Right. So and, and Biden's are not. But yet Biden is a kinder, nicer. Hey, let's have dinner together and hang out guy, I think, than Trump is. Yeah, I like so Biden personally. He's likable. I mean, that's the thing. I don't agree with him on anything, but he's likable. Um by the way, it is interesting. I've just been, as we're talking here, looking at some stories, and it seems like they are planning this Juneteenth rally intentionally. Hmm. Um, Kaylee McKenney basically said that you know this is a holiday that's near and dear to Trump's heart. Um, he didn't even so, know it existed. What was that? I don't think he even knew it existed. It's meaningful for him, she said, and that he usually plans on talking about they, you know, he's, she said the African-American community is very near and dear to his heart. Um, at these rallies, he often shares the great work he has done for minority communities. So they are doubling down on that decision to be in Tulsa on the 19th. Mm. That's and, and I mean, that's that's one of the things I think that, you know, we're seeing in both. I mean, this is just a political 
like just the doubling down, you know, nobody ever wants to say, oh, you know what? That was a bad idea. We didn't think about that or we're going to adjust this. You know, if you get it because if you get stuck in something, the new response is, no, we meant it. We meant it really bad, you know? Yeah. And and so, you know, you were seeing that quite a bit. But I, I, I did you guys watch the press conference today with Pompeo? No. no, I saw you started a watch party. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, you talked about like military support and I've never seen. I've never seen, uh, you know, an administration stand up, you know, for this and really, you know, speaking out against the, um, you know, some of this, uh, what is it, the Rome, uh, what did they call this, trying to find the, you guys don't know what it's called either, do you? No. It was this afternoon, though, right? With You said Pompeo's, I heard Barr speaking, that's the only part I heard. Yeah, he was basically addressing that, you know, there has been there has been bias against American troops abroad. They're concerned about that even more so. We just had a situation in Turkey that came up that Pompeo's, you know, tweeting about and addressing. And so they're you know, he's essentially saying that look, you know, no other entity in the world has the right to uh, you know, um, you know, punish, try, et cetera, our troops. Like that's our job. And we're not going to allow this kind of kangaroo court in order to be set up in order to do that. You know, I've not seen another administration stick up for the military the way that the way that Trump has. And, you know, the reality is there's a lot of there's a lot of military leaders, there's a lot of generals. I think Air Force and Navy have had this history that are leftists, you know, and so just because somebody's coming out, uh, you know, and and against him. I mean, it does it say something. It says something. But I'm not shocked by the polarization that we have today and and how, you know, kind of deep this this goes yeah and you saw what he said about mattis right when mattis came out and talked about how irresponsible was he he, he comes out and blasts mattis he was terrible at his job and that somehow we're supposed to believe that trump gave mattis the mad dog nickname yeah, sure you did <laughs> sure you did chief that that was that was that was provably right. false i mean everybody know that was his nickname when he was nominated everybody goes he, what a great pick! He picked, you know, Mad Dog Mattis, right? And the Mad and a, I remember reading a report somewhere that he's like, I'm not a huge fan of that name, right? But Trump did not give him that name. He can say that all he wants, but it's fake news. <sighs> <sighs> all right, well, guys, I'm done. I've had a lot of fun all right, tonight. So next um, time, next time, I want us. I seriously think that we should have a conversation because I was debating this with somebody at work about cancel culture. We we need yeah, to. We need I actually to think that. we need more material yeah. this week because uh, let's give it a few more days. It's going to get crazy. I think Paw Patrol's next, guys. So let's just wait and see. <laughs> oh yeah, because if Paw Patrol, Patrol goes, my head it. will explode. Do you like yes. Paw Patrol? I mean, my kid, my you daughter. You seem like does. someone who would enjoy Paw Patrol. One of my daughters really likes Paw Patrol. Of course she does. You just all right. It's kind of like I'm a father of Law and Order, Chris. Law and Order. Go spy on your neighbors. Yeah, Gladys. I, the lights Nosey are off, but I'm looking. Nosey neighbor Billy. I think I want to know. I want to know what they're up Who was that That's man? Stupid. Who's that Is fat that man dumb? looking through the window? The Church Boys. Not, not a great way to use your white privilege, ladies. Not a great. That's disgusting.